right now, there are many challenges that you're going to face. And if you're wise and strong enough, you're going to want to drop out of the game. Even as a passive investor, you're going to say, this isn't for me. And so in order to make this work, you have to be very clear and sure about what you want to get out of this. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Annie Dickerson. And on behalf of the entire Good Egg Investments team, I wanted to welcome you to this very special episode of The Life and Money Show, the show where we talk about everything from investing to financial freedom to parenting, traveling, creating a life by design, and everything in between. Now, I'm here today not only with one co-host, but two. That's right. You get all three of us. I have Susan Elliott here, as well as the wonderful Julie Lamb, who's back for this very special episode. Ladies, how are you? Doing great this morning. Yeah, doing good. Excited to be here. Thank you for accommodating and moving our recording date, because I know we were supposed to record the other day, but life has a way. Life happens. Yeah. All sorts of things busy. Well, it's a well, really special thing to be in the room with both of you ladies, be in the virtual room at least, but to have this space where we get to reflect on your journeys as passive real estate investors over the last 200 episodes, but even a little bit beyond that, because this is the 200th episode of the Life and Money Show. So today we're just really excited to have the honored guest, but also co-host Julie Lamb back on the show today to dive in deep into like the roots of where we are and why we're here as Good Egg, but also as passive investors. So Today's going to be a really fun time. Yeah. Well, before we dive into all of that, I mean, Julie, I want to ask you, hold on, let me think about how to formulate this question. Um, Before you and I got together, I mean, how did real estate ever come to be part of your path in the first place? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was the traditional story. We've talked about this a lot, but maybe not for a long time on this show, but it was just doing the traditional thing of like what you're taught to do, which is you go to school, you get a job and you buy a house. And that's what we did. And the journey started back in 2009 when there were tumbleweeds going in the buying world. And I remember that was literally the term our real estate agent used because nobody was buying anything at that time. And it was the bottom, bottom, bottom of the market. And that was our first purchase. And we were excited about it. The home that we bought was about 50% off of what it was like a year and a half before. And we were like, this should be a good investment. (laughs) Didn't really know. And it actually turned out to be one of the best investments that we made. We held it for seven years and got it back to above where it was the year and a half prior and learned so much in just from that one property that we owned in terms of real estate and what drives the income and the revenues and how to cut your expenses down and how to keep renters happy and all of those kinds of things. But that was really where it started was that long ago. Yeah, (laughs) And that was pre-kids. You now have three kids. How old are your kids now? Oh gosh, one just turned 12 yesterday. 12. Wow. 12, yeah. And Got a preteen, bona fide preteen yeah. on your hands. Oh, well, yeah. the other one's not too far behind. Too <laughs> far behind. Yep. She'll be 11 in April. And then my son mm-hmm. is eight, so he'll be nine in the summer. But yeah, they're a lot older now. Conversations that we have with them versus when we started this show four years ago were very different back then. My son only being four at the time when we started the show. So it's definitely evolved. So I'm excited to jump into some of the questions today because it's only evolved over time. Yeah. I still remember those early laundry and learn sessions we did where we were each folding our kids teeny tiny underwears. And then our internet back then would like freeze with the underwear on screen. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) I love that you are bringing all this back up because where I started on this process was like intermixed in the good egg journey too. And there's so much of like my initial investing that is related to you two ladies, because of course, I think every one of us who like catches the bug of real estate investing goes down the podcast rabbit hole. And so I think it's probably the number one way to learn about real estate investing is to kind of binge the best podcasts, the people that you like listening to. And on every one of the best podcasts, I would hear interviews from Annie and Julie. And I'm like, these two women 
get it. I had a one-year-old at the time. So I went to those laundry and learns. I think, Annie, I remember your underwear freezing, the tiny little (laughs) panties up there, whatever it was that you had. And so now to even be here with sitting with you two is kind of remarkable to reflect on as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we dive in to the heart of the conversation, I just wanted to remind our listeners, hey, if you are at that starting line of your investing journey and you're just at the tip of the iceberg with doing your due diligence and trying to find a group that you trust um, or trying to find resources to learn what path you want to go down, a great place to start is our Start Here page. Wouldn't you know it? We named it Start Here. So it'll take you through the ins and outs of exactly what Julie talked about. Is investing in a rental property the right thing for you? Maybe it's house hacking. Maybe you don't want to be involved. You don't want to actively roll up your sleeves. You want to just sit back and be passive. And what is passive investing all about? And then from there, once you choose a path, how do you then get into it? How do you get started? Choose a market, all of that good stuff. And the seeds of all of that are on our Start Here page. So just go to goodegginvestments.com slash start. And if you are at that point where you're ready to invest, we would love to welcome you into the Good Egg Investor Club community. For that, you can go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest. All right. With that, Susan, I'm going to turn it over to you as Julie and I are going to be under the spotlight today. So you get to ask yes. anything you want. <laughs> oh, to have Julie and Annie, you know, in the seats here right now, interviewing both of you. It's just like, again, such tables have turned. I love that you started with the Start Here page because that is what drew me to both of your circles, right? That you really put it out there to help people learn about this style. And you want to help people who are just getting into it. This isn't just for the uber rich and people who have done this over and over again, right? And so for the listeners who may not know that full, like why you started Good Egg, why you're here, why you chose to not just do this on your own on the side, but you decided to start a company doing this, right? That's like next level real estate investing. So tell me some of the highlights of how that happened, how you two came together and why you started Good Egg. Well, I will start out and Julie, please feel free to add your side of the story. For me, you know, very similarly, actually started around that 2008, 2009 timeframe investing in small multifamily properties. And just for the longest time, for over 10 years, I thought this is the only way to do real estate investing. I thought it's got to be rental properties or bust. There is no other way. And I never bothered to look to see if there was another way, but I just thought, okay, well, this is it. And then as we moved to the Bay Area, and as I realized it was going to be cost prohibitive to continue to buy these duplexes every couple of years, then I said, okay, well, maybe now I can look somewhere else. But I was still within this rental property kind of silo and started investing out of state. But once that got difficult, I thought, well, I've made it to the end of the road. That's it. There's no more. But around that time, that's when I stumbled across this concept of passive investing through these group real estate syndications. And as soon as I started to wrap my head around this concept of being able to invest passively without having to deal with my property manager and the insurance and all this hassle, I thought, why did nobody tell me about this? 10 years ago. I've been slaving away, doing this whole landlording thing. Nobody has told me about this. Why? And then I thought, oh my gosh, if I don't know about this, then there are hundreds of thousands of other people, millions of people who are in my same position, who don't even have the rental property experience, who have no idea that these type of country club investments exist. And so it was really from there that I got this heat in my belly. And I was like, oh, I have to shout this from the rooftops one way or another. And Julie will tell you her side of the story because she always wanted to start a business. I was always a get, I was like, please don't make me launch my own business. I don't want to do all the LLCs and the legal stuff and the taxes. But this made me so passionate and so heated that I was like, I don't even care about that stuff. This deserves to be out in the world. Yeah, you forgot to share your it's not just the insurance and all the pains oh my of gosh. that, but it's like the pains of dealing with a tenant, for example, who leaves the water on and decides to overflow oh, yeah. your unit. I remember that. Um yep. 
was they didn't pay for months and months and then the day before they were evicted before i didn't have i didn't know that they weren't paying oh my gosh (laughs) i I, I knew this this story and i actually just included it in a video but that makes it even juicier (laughs) i didn't know they weren't paying they were living for free and I didn't have the heart to evict them because they were like, my brother had a car accident. This happened, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you poor thing. I'll give you another month, another month, another month. And then finally, I was like, I can't do it anymore. We were going to evict them the day before they were evicted. They stopped up all the sinks and tubs and left all the water running and flooded three of the four units in that fourplex. And that was the final pin. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I am not cut out for this. I do not want to spend all day on the phone with my insurance company and my property manager. Uh Uh-uh, I'm out. I think it was like shortly after that, that you guys converted everything to passive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we very quickly divested everything that we had. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the moment that I decided that I wanted to do this as a company and form a company to do this was the moment that I got my first distribution as a passive investor. And it was like this Saturday night. I joke about it because I guess this is what old people do on a Saturday night. Instead of going out when you have young kids, you're at home and your babies are sleeping. And my husband had asked me, he turned to me and he said, what's this large distribution that came into the bank account? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. And I kind of looked at it and looked at the dollar amount, thought about that I had made a few investments and I thought maybe it's this one, but that one wasn't supposed to pay out until like February and this was December. And it was in that moment right there that I realized that as a mother, with such limited time and resources, i.e. money, right? You're working, your husband's working. To have this money come into the bank account and not know where it came from was like just this huge game changer for me. Um, It's like winning the lottery. It was like winning the lottery. It felt like, wow, like I had discovered something. I know a lot of other people don't know about this because if they did, all of the financial advisors I spoke to would have surely would have told me about this in the 10 years before all of this, before where we got to where we were with my husband and kids already and not having a clue about this. And I realized in that moment that this same like Annie, that this was something that I needed to share. I needed to share. And I became that annoying person who wouldn't stop talking about it everywhere I went, didn't ask me totally unsolicited advice and suggestions of like what people need to think about and how this is a game changer. And I just became so passionate about it. Anyone who would listen, I would talk about it. And I happened to meet Annie in a group in an app for a conference. And I was like, hmm, it said Annie Dickerson, multifamily syndicator. Like, oh, like this is interesting. Asian woman, right? In a sea of non-Asian people and female in a sea of males. And so I'm like, this is really interesting. So I'm like, hey, pinged her on the app. And I'm like, let's chat. Let's meet up at the event. And it was in that moment, we've talked about this, I'm sure on one of the past Our episodes. eyes locked across the room. Totally, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't exactly, but right. we sat on the couch <laughs> together and we talked about exactly these stories that we're telling you, our passions for what we were doing. And I already had been doing it for a little bit, but she, Annie, you were just getting into multifamily syndication at that time. And we just realized that we had a similar vision and a similar why for like why we were doing this. And the partnership discussion didn't necessarily start there. um, But just this idea that we had a shared vision started at that conference back in 2018. So it's been six years ago. I guess it is about now is like February. Yeah, that's right. Six years ago. That's right. Yeah, it's amazing. I love that. It's like you just talk to people at these events, networking, I think about how we're at the beginning of the year and there's a lot of great events coming up. People are going to more events these days and you never know who you're going to meet and who you're going to talk to. So always ask, always ask for the meeting, introduce yourself. You never know where it will go. Well, I mean, this is episode 200. I think the first episode was back in January of 2020. So you were even sort of already off and running before then. But over the last four years, over the last six years, even what are some key things that you both have learned both professionally and personally in the world of real estate investing? 
Well, one thing I want to just share real quick, this is something that I think we've really learned in the last year is that business is a spiritual game. Our mentor, Tony Robbins, talks about this all the time. And I don't think I really realized it until this last year that business is such a spiritual game. And you think you're going to go into business to make some money and to build relationships and partnerships and whatnot. But the reality is that running this business for me, and I know, Annie, you share the same sentiment that has been just this amazing journey that I've had the privilege to be able to experience of personal and professional growth. And it has been a wild ride, (laughs) just a wild ride. And if I can think back to 2018, when Annie, you and I partnered it up, I never would have imagined that I would have gone down this path that we have gone down of learning about myself and learning about others and learning how to work with others and learning how to build my relationship with myself. These are not things that anybody tells you (laughs) that you're going to experience as you get into business. And for me, that's one of the things that I learned um, is that it's such a spiritual game and that when your business, because it will, presents you challenges, you need to look at it just as in life and ask, what is the lesson that the universe is asking me to learn right now? And through that, like I'm just getting the chills just saying those words because through that is where the professional and personal growth has come for both of Annie and I know. Um, But that's one of the biggest things that I've learned over the last six years in working with Annie. But it's been a wild ride. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And it's funny because the things that we're talking about now are 100% not the things we would have talked about (laughs) on that couch six (laughs) years ago. We were not the same people. We've up-leveled so many different versions of ourselves through this business, through this opportunity to grow. And what's great is that along the way, we've been able to help thousands of other people to grow and up-level themselves too, which is the beauty of this whole thing. But I was going to say along the same lines, across 200 episodes now, we've had many, many guests in a lot of different areas, financial advisors, investors, entrepreneurs, people just at the starting line, people who have seen tremendous success in a short amount of time. And across all of them, I think what you're saying brings true is that in order to see success, you have to be resourceful. And I remember that was something, Julie, you taught me very early on because I was, as one of our coaches put it, I had a case of the yeah buts. In other words, Julie would propose an idea and I would say, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. And Julie would always turn it around and say, well, how about instead of saying, yeah, but we say, how can we? And that's that spirit of resourcefulness that has carried us through so many different challenges. You think when you start a business or when you start investing or any venture, you think, oh man, when I just get to this point, everything will be easy. It'll all be done. It'll all run itself. I won't have anything else to do. But guess what? At every stage, there's new challenges, bigger challenges, which are opportunities for you to continue to grow. And because we've always had that mentality of this is happening for us and not to us, we've been able to rise to the challenge every time. And I honestly think that's what has carried us to this point and allowed us to see the success that we have. It seems like you both have always intertwined, and this is going to be quite obvious, life and money being the life and money show. But I don't think business owners typically do that. And maybe I'm hearing that like even as your evolution of your business and in real estate and investing, the life piece of it has actually kind of risen to the top a little bit more as the guiding force behind it all. And I wonder what you would say to like new investors or new people to this podcast that maybe are coming at this like I know I was six years ago when I started real estate investing thinking like, I've got to solve for this money piece. I've got to help my family. These two ladies have like, they felt what I felt with like having young kids at home and seeing my income trajectory, like very uninspiring in my career path and seeing that like other people with far less resources and experience can build their wealth 
in real estate, even passively. That was like a huge light bulb moment for me. So, but again, I was so focused also on the money. And I too have like kind of learned that there's actually deeper paths here that I'm learning and that are coming. So what would you give advice to these early investors? What piece of advice would you give them to think about more in terms of life and less in terms of money? Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, if you're in it for the money, it's going to be short-lived. That's what I would say. I think one of the things I feel like this is so cliche, but know your why. Like when you get into this, it's like know why you're doing this and know that it's for a good reason. Money is just a tool. Annie, you and I say this all the time. Money is just a tool to get ultimately what we want. And I think that if you don't know what the why is about why you want to have the money and you don't do the deeper work to understand why, then it's going to be short-lived. Because even as a passive investor, particularly right now, there are many challenges that you're going to face. Um, And if your why isn't strong enough, you're going to want to drop out of the game. Even as a passive investor, you're going to say, this isn't for me. And so in order to make this work, you have to be very clear and sure about what you want to get out of this. And I think for both of us, as the stories that we just shared, that was very clear for us was that this wasn't about the money. The reason that we got into this was because we wanted to share what we had learned. And so I think that money is definitely important and it's a component of all of this. But if you can understand your why, I think that would be a great place to start rather than the dollars that you're looking for. I think that's exactly right. That if money is your focus, It's going to be a slow trickle. But if you can weave not only life and your joy and your passion, but also impact into the equation, which is something we talk about on every episode, is how can you pay it forward? How can you make that difference and have that impact? The money becomes almost like the score. It's not the be-all and end-all, not the thing that you focus on, but the more you focus on impact and helping others, the money comes in. And these days, it's like a tally. It's just a score. It's just a marker of the impact that we're having. And so I'll give you a great example. For a long time, I was like, I just want these luxury vacations. I want that red carpet treatment. I want enough money to fly first class and stay in the penthouse suites, all of that. And guess what? We did that. But you know what? When we did that, It's not like the problem stopped. It's not like the challenges just magically went away and everything was easy. And in some cases, it was even harder. I remember sitting in a penthouse suite having to deal with a whole host of challenges that I didn't expect. And yeah, on the outside, I had the champagne and I had the nice view and all of this stuff. But on the inside, I was having a hard time. And so that's why you can't focus just on the money piece. As Julie saying, you got to focus on the why so that your life, the ultimate reasoning behind why you're doing all of this, you kind of have that as the forefront and the money is the tool to get there. I remember hearing all of this kind of stuff as I entered into this space, because it's like whatever you're doing in real estate, you're sort of starting your own business, even if that's running your rentals on the side, even if that's passive investments, or maybe you're raising capital for in real estate. But it's intertwined with entrepreneurship, with all these personal development ideas that I wasn't really exposed to in that path that were laid out before us. And you go to school and you get a job. And so I remember thinking like, that makes sense to me. But how do I trust that? And now that I'm a ways in, it makes a lot more sense to me. I've integrated in a lot of the same things that you ladies are talking about. But I would say to listeners too, like trust in the people that you're like, my gut tells me that that's probably right, even if I don't know how I'm supposed to do that. Even if that is like, what do you mean my why? What do you mean focus on the impact? I need to focus on the numbers and the spreadsheets and the offers and the deals and I would just say to everybody, remember and surround yourself with people who are saying those kinds of things. If you know in your gut, that is actually what matters. And to dig further into all of that we're saying, go back to episode number 193, the ultimate why behind your FI, your financial independence. And in that episode bonus, you're going to get to hear me put Susan on the spot to dig into her why as we do this very revealing exercise called the seven whys, which is a great one if you're not quite sure of what your why is. 
Awesome. All right. Well, so how has your lives, both of your lives evolved from the beginning of your real estate investing journey? And maybe like, what are the initial benefits of passive investing that you expected? But then how has that evolved as well over time? I don't even know where to start. My life now <laughs> looks so different. Well, first of all, my kids are older. So that's really nice. So Julie mentioned her kids are eight to 12 at this point. Um, my kids are actually around the same. So my older one is 11. My younger one is seven. Um, and I think they were four and one when we started down this path. So very different life, very different world day to day. But I think the, because as Julie mentioned, business is a spiritual game. And I never, when I signed up to launch this business with Julie, I was never like, oh, this is going to help me personally. I was like, I just want to do this for other people. You know how as you're like, when I was in my 20s, my big goal was like, I'm going to do something to help others because they need my help. I'm good. Let me help other people. And I think through this journey, through the passive investing, as well as through the business, it's really helped me to realize, no, the, the real work is here with me. And if I can make myself the best version of me that I can be, that's how I'm going to have the greatest impact on all those around me. And so that I think is a big gift, kind of in a roundabout way of passive investing, because it's helped me to take a little bit of the pressure off of how much am I making? Do we have enough for this next vacation? What's the college fund look like? All of this stuff, because I know I can take my foot off the gas a little bit, knowing that I have multiple streams of passive income coming in. So my focus is no longer on, okay, how much are we making? Do we have enough? Are we contributing enough? Are we doing all these things? It's broadened so that I have the space to think about, okay, well, where's the me in this equation. And as my kids are getting older, I have a little more space to think about that and think about what my own passions are and what I want to contribute. And so that's what I would say is that passive investing and this business have really given me the space to breathe. And really, I hate to say it, get out of the rat race, as they say, <laughs> and really have that space to think about what I want to do and how I want to contribute. Yeah, I would say that for me, passive investing initially when I got into it, it's kind of along the same lines as what you were saying earlier, Annie, like, because it continues that path of like, get a job, buy a house, make lots of money, retire. And along that journey, enjoy yourself, stay in the penthouse suite, drive the nice car, like do all that stuff. And I, what I've realized is we did all of that. Like we did all of that. And I would sit in like this really nice hotel room overlooking, like you said, an ocean or whatever the view was. And inside, I was feeling empty. And there wasn't, it was like, why, why, like, what is it's like that nagging feeling, you know? You're like, but I did all the things. Yeah. And, and then the you feel things. worse because here and you are complaining yeah. about first world problems. You're yeah. like, I'm sitting in this beautiful place. And it yeah. cost you all this money. Yep. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, and this is how it started. Like, is there something else that I could have put this money towards that would fill my cup? And that started me on a different journey. So when I got into it, it was about time. Everything was, I need more time. I had three kids, five, six and under, three kids, six and under. And I was like, I just need more time. That's why I did it time and money. That's it. Give me the money so I can get more time. And as the years went on and I got more time and I got more money and I'm like, okay, this is great, but why am I still feeling this sense of emptiness? And so for me, how it's evolved is it's no longer about the time and the money. And this is what I think, Annie, what you're alluding to as well, is that for me, it has now become about finding ways to fulfill my life and find satisfaction and find impact and find meaning and find that's what this is all about. Cause it's like, okay, we've got the time thing done. Like we built this company and we've got the time and we have the money, but now it's like this, how do I take this to the next level? And for me, that's how it's evolved is I get up every day and I get to hang out with you ladies and we get to do our banter in our Slack channels and our jokes with our team and at the same time, I get to do what I love to do and what I'm great at. And for me, that's what passive investing has done for me over the time that I started is about filling my cup 
And I can honestly say that my cup is so full right now. And I'm so honored and grateful to sit next to you two ladies and everyone else on our team and all of our investors and have the chance to be who I am and feel like I'm contributing. And at the end of the day, that's, I think, what I was after in the first place. I just didn't know it. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Both of those. It's like... It gives me like just these glimmers of hope and excitement for people who are coming into the good egg circle, into the life and money circle. And like, it seems like in the beginning that time and money are like, well, of course, those are the biggest things, but it unlocks this like secret door to something that's even greater. And that's really hard to describe. We try to do it. We talk about it a lot over at Good Egg with our Life by Design content and just hinting at this idea that like you can start to think more deeply, especially as you have more freedom, as you've taken care of the light, the time and the finances, or at least set them down their path. Like now here's kind of the window to how that unlocks this other form of meaning. That's great. Well, what about the next 200 episodes, ladies? Like, what's the <laughs> vision ahead? What's the next 20 years of Good Egg and the Life and Money Show? I think the a lot of what we started out, and some of our newer listeners might not know this, but when we started out this show back in 2020, the name of this show was actually Investing for Good. That's a big part of why we launched Good Egg Investments and still is a big part of uh, of our mission and vision to this day is not just investing, but doing it in a way that it pays it forward and has an impact. And so early on, a lot of the conversations were about the money part of the equation, how do we invest? What do we invest in? Where do we invest? How do we start a business? All of these things. And as we've evolved the podcast and changed the name to the Life and Money Show, we've started to bring in those conversations about the life aspect. Susan, you and I recently did a series on a life by design, and that's a huge part of the ongoing conversation. So I think as the podcast continues to evolve, I think that life by design aspect will be a huge part of what we weave in together with the money aspect, because as we said, it's a tool to help you get to your ideal life. But to bring in those stories and those examples of people who are truly, as Julie and I just talked about, who feel like their cup is full and who feel like they've found their meaning and their higher purpose and feel fulfilled every day that they do whatever they're doing. And that could look like a lot of different things. And so I'm excited as we continue on this journey to have more of those conversations and to spotlight people who are really walking the talk and have found that thing for them. I think for me, what my vision would be for this podcast is, I think, Susan, you mentioned it earlier, listening to podcasts is a way to learn. And when I first got into real estate investing as a career, I was commuting two to three hours a day on the road and I turned my car into the podcast library time. And that's when it's I was podcast university. Yeah, it was. It was. I listened to everything from Grant Cardone, Seller Be Sold, which I still love to this day, to all of the bigger pockets episodes, to some of my mentors podcasts to people who are now our partners that we've worked with. And so my vision for this podcast is that we be a partner for all of you who are listening today in some form or fashion, whether it's a partner in business where we can talk about business ideas or a partner in life where we can talk about life by design stuff or your partner in money where we talk about what money means and what do we do with it after we get it and those kinds of things. But that would be my vision. And I would hope that for many of you up to this date through the 200th episode, that maybe perhaps we've already done that to a certain degree and that we can continue to do that as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that like mini call to action there too. And that to remember that these podcasts, there's just people behind them. And those people, if they have a podcast show out there like us, I know we're all willing to kind of bring people into the community and make it more of a personal connection. It sometimes being on this end of it, it does feel like, is there anybody out there who's listening here? Like, come on in. I wish we could just be at an in-person meetup or 
So every time we talk about joining us in some way, especially in physical form, but even in Zoom pop-ins, that kind of thing, it, it brings so much more depth and meaning for all of us, not just for you, not just for the person joining in who maybe is starting out, but for us as well. So it's this is a definitely a, more fun when we're doing it together. I like that that's the foundation of the Life and Money Show. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, those episodes were 190 to 192. That was our Life by Design series to just kind of pick apart how can you start thinking about it. And even if you haven't totally unlocked the time piece and the money piece, but these are really, it's kind of a lifestyle. It's not just a trip you take to get somewhere to this ideal destination of what you think, but living a life by design, as we like to think about it, is an ongoing process to just go deeper and deeper into what is actually meaningful for you. So listen to those episodes too. Well, with that, we're going to transition into the final part of the conversation. One of my favorite parts of every show that we do. And I get to turn the tables on Julie. And Julie, I'm going to ask you the three questions we ask every one of our guests. You used to ask people these questions. I did. Oh my but gosh. Now it's your turn in yeah. the hot seat. You ready? I am. All right. Don't mess I up. Okay. I know. I don't. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. The first question is about your life and money. So share with us one thing that you're doing. You've already shared many, but share one thing that you're doing to live a meaningful and intentional life by design. I think it's, um, I kind of talked about this, but I think this is what it is, is it's really trying to pay attention and be more present and understand what are the lessons in front of me that I need to learn every day every day, every month, every year. And when you can pay attention to those lessons that are in front of you, you grow as a person and you find more meaning and more fulfillment in your life. And that for me is something that I've been on a mission to do, particularly over the last year. And it's been great. And it definitely makes me feel like I'm living a meaningful life for sure and a life that's full. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. And I'll just stack on top of that, that that's exactly what I'm working on too, is being more present, being more in the moment. I think I've realized that every day, like on the outside, we all look like we're like doing okay. We're doing the things we're getting stuff done. And, but you can't ever really tell exactly what's going on inside. And we talked about this in a recent conversation about the struggles. We talked about this with Stephanie Wong, actually on the last episode about the inner struggles. And so that's something I'm coming to terms with through my life by design is now that we have this space, okay, how can I clear out all this gunk that I've been carrying with me through my lineage and through my upbringing, through the trauma I've experienced in the past? How can I now make this space for myself to kind of do a spring cleaning and face all of that, feel all the emotions, move that through so that I can be fully present with whomever I'm talking to, whomever I'm with. And I think that is such a key piece of the foundation of living a life by design. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Okay. Moving on to other people's life and money. So the next question is to share with us a life or money hack, a tip, a resource, a strategy, something that has helped you on your journey that you think might help others as well. I think for that, something that I'll say, I've always been really big on partnerships. And when I first got into this game of doing what we do now at Good Egg, partnerships have always been at the center of what I believe has gotten us to where we are. I think that If you can learn to really understand where your strengths are and then identify where your weaknesses are and then surround yourself with other people whose strengths are your weaknesses and vice versa, it can take you really far, I think, in life and in your personal life and in business as well. And that's something that I heard actually on a podcast years ago. This was during my podcast library days. And I remember the guests saying that on the show. And Um, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go find a partner. 
And it took me a while. I got into this real estate game more professionally when it was like probably 2016. And I looked for a partner and I looked and I tried many on for sites like dating. And I remember one of the partners that I was considering working with right before Annie, like totally ditched me on a like meetup. We were supposed to meet and he didn't show up. And I was like, this isn't going to work. And he called me like an hour past the time we were supposed to meet. Oh. And, and was like, I just woke up. And oh, this, no, this, like, stop. The meeting was like at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, no, if you just woke up at 1230 as a grown man in the afternoon, right. no, this isn't going to work. I have many more other fun stories, but we can save that for another episode. <laughs> but partnerships, I think for me, have been so key in this whole journey. And particularly my partnership with you, Annie. And I've been told, and I know as well, that I'm very lucky. And I would say to anyone out there that if you think you want to do really big things, consider a partnership, because I think that it can take you to places as it has for me that you never thought you could go. And so knowing who you are and what value you bring, and then looking for to fill the gaps in between is a way that I think you can really catapult yourself to a place that you never dreamed you would go. So yeah. What I love about that, and I'll pull out for the listener is you said, first, you got to know yourself. And Mm -hmm. that was such a key piece to the two of us partnering up because I still remember that early conversation where we looked across the table at each other and we realized, wait, you (laughs) like to do that. And I hate doing that. And you like to do this and I hate doing. And it was this aha moment because we had that self-realization first. We knew ourselves, what we'd like to do and what we didn't like to do so that when we found that missing puzzle piece, we could identify that. And so that's the first piece is that self-awareness. That's key. The second piece you mentioned is you tried on a lot of different partners for size, but you didn't let that stop you from going down this path. You knew this is what you wanted to do and you didn't say, well, I can't do anything till I find a partner. You said, well, I'm going to try to find a partner, but in the meantime, I'm going to do what I can do and I'm going to start building this business. And that way, when you find that partner, that perfect partner, then you have something to bring to the table. You have your experience, what you've already built. You have something to contribute. And finally, I'll say the third thing is for partnerships, do not rush into it. Julie and I dated for several months and we met each other at multiple different events and we met up in the city multiple times for coffee before we even started the conversation of partnership. And I think that's key, just like you don't want to rush into a marriage and you want to date, you want to get to know the person, you want to build a foundation of friendship. And that's the same when you're building a business partnership because you're going to be in the weeds with this person, in the trenches with this person, day in and day out. Julie, you and I were just talking the other day, like my best friends in the world, I haven't talked to every single day for the last six years. You and I have talked every single day for the last six years, and we're not tired of each other yet, which is the amazing thing, right? And so that foundation is so key. I'll add one on my end, one tactical hack for people that I've learned on this journey is my calendar is king. And I know, Julie, you do this too. If it's not on my calendar, doesn't get done. And what was such an aha moment for me about this was I used to work in an agency where we were billing by the hour. And I would make these estimates about how long it would take me to do a certain design or deliverable or whatever. And every single time I was off and I would say, it's going to take me two hours. It would take me 10 hours almost all the time. And they've actually done studies on this. There's a like an optimism fallacy where across the board, everybody thinks they can do it in a shorter amount of time than they actually do it in. But what's beautiful about calendaring is I'll put it in my calendar. I'll make my initial estimate on how long it'll take me to do this thing. And then once I'm done, I'll go back and I'll correct that. And I'll say, no, actually that wasn't two hours. That took me four hours. And then over time that has taught me, okay, that type of work, that takes me a lot longer than my initial guesstimate. So let me build in some extra buffer for this. And so that using your calendar as a tool to learn, and just like we were saying, that self-awareness, 
comes from multiple different angles. And so that's just another tool to have in your tool belt. Yeah, I love I that. never heard that perspective on like using the calendar in that way, always using it looking ahead, but right to like actually log like, okay, that took me four hours and yeah. go back to it later, or just the act of extending that to a four hour chunk, you almost don't even have to look back. Now it's in your brain, you know it. Yeah. All right. Final question, Julie, is about life and money in the world. So I know this is a piece that you're super passionate about, as am I and the whole Good Egg team. Tell us one thing that you're doing to help make the world a better place. I know this is kind of cheesy and lots of people have said this on the show, but I was literally just thinking about this yesterday. And when we think about investments, we often think about money, right? If I'm going to invest this, what kind of return am I going to get back in terms of dollars, at least in this arena? And I realized yesterday as I was driving back home, I think I was just driving back from the grocery store or something. And I realized that one of the biggest investments I have made in my life is investing in my kids and my children. And I underestimate that investment a lot. Like I don't say, wow, we think sometimes like, oh, wow, I made that whatever $100,000 investment in that thing and it's doing so great or not, or it's doing so terribly. But I never really looked at it as like, I'm making this investment into my kids and the time, the time, the time I spend with each one of my children. And I feel like ultimately, if we can all do that and invest in the next generation, that ultimately this world is going to be a better place. And I feel like we've talked about this on the show way back in the early days. We talked about this a lot and a lot of guests have said that's their way of contributing. But I would say right now, there are many different things, but right now that's something that kind of just came to me yesterday as I was driving home, that if we can have invest in our children, invest in the next generation, that we can make this world a happier place, a kinder place, a more loving place, a more compassionate place, a place where people feel understood, a place where they feel like they belong, where they feel cared for and all of these things. And if we can teach that to this next generation on how do we do that? What does that even look like? I feel like I'm trying to discover a lot of these things as a grown person, but if we can teach our kids that today, and they don't know any different that what a different world this would be if everyone was like that. So I don't know. Yeah. If we all didn't have to unlearn all the things that we learn, all the bad habits, all the gunk that we accumulate over the years. And Julie, every time I see you with your kids, I love that you, how do I put this? You treat them like people. You're not talking down to them. You're not treating them like little kids. You're telling them as it is. And you're giving them a glimpse into the real world. They know the inner workings of our business. And I love that. I still remember when I was a kid, my mom used to do that with me. She didn't have a business, but she told me about a lot of the challenges she was facing as an adult and how she was navigating that. She never talked down to me. She always told me at, you know, as a confidant, as almost like an equal. And I love that. And it gave me a chance to process those things before they came up in my life. And so I know you're planting those seeds with your kids, and I know that's going to pay out in spades in the coming years. And it already has. Your kids are, oh, they're so amazing. I love them so much. Um, I'll add on to that from my side. I think one thing that I'm doing to help make the world a better place is sharing actually, is being vulnerable. And for longtime listeners on this podcast, you know, I don't hide any of my mistakes. I'm the first one to admit, oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I made this decision. Oh my gosh, this is what happened. Let me give you all the details. And I think that if we can all have that vulnerability, that would help to, I mean, there's so many people I think in this world that feel so lonely, so shunned, because they feel like everybody else is doing it right and something's wrong with me. And I think that was a big part of why we started this business and this podcast in the first place was to share honestly what we were learning along the way. And we never, ever promised to know everything. We never promised to be perfect. We promised to make mistakes and to share what we learned along the way. And that's what we're doing. And I think that's a big part of what makes Good Egg Good Egg and sort of the DNA of this podcast and these conversations. Yeah, I'll just add to that what I've realized about vulnerability in the last year for me, I've really focused on that is that vulnerability is really the place where 
once you can be learn to be vulnerable, it then opens the doors to many other feelings that people want to feel, which is happiness and joy and love and all of these positive feelings. And for me, I had built all these walls around me to keep me safe. But through keeping me safe, I also shut out all of the access to these other happy things of like joy and connection and freedom and love and And I've realized that if I can bring those guards down a little bit and learn to be vulnerable, that I can access all of these other feelings of connection that I think I've been not able to access with these big walls around me. So I love that piece of that. And that's a good takeaway, I think, for the listeners is not just talking about um, money, but talking about vulnerability, because I think also through vulnerability, when you are in a happy place and you feel connected and you feel supported and compassionate and love that I feel like anyway, ultimately I can make better decisions in my life, which can lead to making maybe better investments and better decisions. So something to think about. All right. Well, well before thank we you wrap, so much Susan, for... Yeah, Susan, I'll throw it back to you. Any last thoughts or takeaways or any resources you want to point our listeners to before we wrap? Yeah, I mean, go back to that start page that we talked about in the beginning of the episode, because even if you're new, even if you're not new to this space and you've been an investor for a long time, maybe you're new to passive investing or you're not, there's things that you can learn along the way. And Start to look out for the groups of people, the places you want to be putting your own time and investment into your life, not just your finances and thinking about things as not just kind of like a simple relationship of investments. And I think that's what attracted me to working with you ladies. That's what attracted me to start getting into real estate investing in the first place, because I heard voices like yours that hinted at something deeper that this kind of line, this pathway could reveal to myself. And I think that's a great way for everybody to get started and to explore that deeper meaning that we can all find within this. All right. Well, you heard it here first, our stories about passive investing and launching this business. And we want to hear from all of you too. This is a community. And so for our listeners, thank you so much for supporting us, for listening to us through now 200 episodes and counting. And we look forward to continuing the conversation with all of you. Thank you so much for listening to The Life and Money Show, the show all about helping you to create a meaningful and intentional life by design. And for show notes or to listen to previous episodes, go to lifeandmoneyshow.com. And for more information on how to invest with us to create passive income and build wealth for your family, or to learn more about Julie and my story, or to meet our team, you can go to goodegginvestments.com. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, and leave us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you incredible new conversations all about life and money. Till next time, remember that your financial journey is a lifelong adventure, and we're here with you every step of the way. Julie, Susan, thank you for this amazing conversation. And for the listener, thank you for listening.